Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking, Red Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake. Jeremy Brenner here, and tonight we've got a full house. Uh, it's not just me. It's not just one co-pilot of mine. We've got both co-pilots of mine here today, a full house. The whole Dream Take team is here today. So let me bring them on up here. Michael Brown, as always, welcome to the show. And I've got my boy Ray Lucas with me. I sent that invite to him. Ray is up here on here in stage with me. Fellas, it's been a while since it's been the three of us, but I'm really excited about this episode. Hey, man. Good to be here. Always good to be on with you, Jeremy, and you, Mr. Ray Lucas. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been a super long time. I actually can't remember the last time we were all on here. So this is going to be cool. Let's ride. Absolutely. And we figured that tonight, all three of us here, we are about a week away from the season starting. We figured that we would throw a little spice on this episode and we're going to give our hot takes. So this is what we're going to do. We all came to the show. I've tasked everyone on stage here with me on Spotify green room for one hot take tonight. So each of us have come up with our hot takes. We're going to share it to each other live first. I've I haven't heard what Ray or Mike are thinking, but we're going to hear it on this episode. And throughout the show, uh, we can have a guest come up, give their feedback. Maybe at the end of the show, have a guest hot take to represent the audience. But I figured, is there anyone that wants to go first? Is there anyone that wants to throw their hand in the air and say, you know what? Let me take a bullet first. I'll go. All right. Michael Brown, you courageous man, you. Well, I mean, I know, I know you're shocked by, you know, my willingness to just throw out hot takes all it's a great quality, all willy nilly. Um, look, here's the thing, man, my hot take. And I've said this on this show before the Houston Rockets will make the playoffs this season is my hot take. 
All right, I'm I'm gonna be right back. I have to go and turn off my smoke alarm. Maybe call nine one one. Oh my god! So that okay. The OFD here in Orlando will come and save me, because my god, you have okay. burned the house down with that one. Explain, okay. explain yourself, I mean, Michael do, Brown. Explain yourself. I mean, look, look at the Western Conference, right? If you break down team by team in the Western Conference definitively and i'm talking to to the to the audience if you want to comment on this you want to tweet me at bsw podcast underscore mb how many teams do you look at and you say that team is definitively better than the houston rockets top to bottom 12 uh there's no it's not 12 at least okay so name them okay so the lakers are better than the rockets the clippers are better than the rockets the warriors if fully healthy for the year, they are better than the Rockets. The Denver Nuggets are better than the Rockets. Phoenix Suns, that's five. Uh, I mean, you want to put Portland up there? You can put Portland up there. Okay, so put Portland up there, although their front line is extremely shaky and they never perform in the playoffs. They have Damian Lillard, who is eons better than I, I totally agree, but I'm just saying that now you're starting. Okay, so you have five teams right now. Who, who well, am I just half you're halfway you're halfway okay there. but who, who am I missing name uh, the rest you're missing Utah okay Utah is six I'll give you Utah all right you're missing Dallas Dallas is not definitively better than the Rockets they yeah, have the best they have Luca they have, they have the, Luca, okay but here's the thing you're else. you're naming one player like okay so you have Luca we have Jalen Green we have Christian Wood and we have Kevin Porter Jr. we have better depth than Dallas now in a seven games, no. okay. So, def- right, but defend right. it. You, you talk, you talk, Mike. You talk. But defend it, okay. So you're telling me Dallas is better than the Rockets definitively throughout the season. How? N- how yeah. Tell me how. I mean, they have they have better three point shooting. They have Luca uh, who can do uh, everything, who who makes the players around him better. The Rockets don't have that guy, and that's why all I need to say is Luca, and and that explains why they're better because Luca makes everyone around him better. And the thing is, like, from what we've seen in the preseason, I just can't imagine that this team is making the playoffs. They don't look like a Ray, Ray, either back me up here or or tell me how wrong I am because I, I – You also haven't named your 12 teams, by all the way. I know, you all haven't I named know your 12 teams. That, I mean, all right, so Dallas is there. Um, okay. Then – We're sp- splitting hairs at this point, New but that's Orleans, six. New Orleans is better. New Orleans no, is better. You're out, of your, you're, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind if you're telling me definitively that they are better than the Rockets throughout it. They they're are. Not, they're they not. are. They Who's are. The, okay. And Memphis. Yeah. Memphis is better too. Okay. So that's your only eight. two teams. The only you're two teams that I am iffy on. Look, Sacramento's better too. They're not better. They're not they definitive. Are. Okay. They, they have the best player on the court. Okay. So you, they have what? Harrison Barnes. They have Rashawn Holmes and De'Aaron Fox. Come on, Buddy man. Like, they're not... Mitchell, Halliburton. Okay. All right. You're... But the my... only two teams that I think the Rockets might be better than are San Antonio and OKC. Mm. I think Minnesota is definitely better than the Rockets. They're not too. definitely better than the Rockets. All right. I want to get Ray in this. Maybe Ray can be okay. our judge, jury, executioner here. So, so Ray... Sure. You... You just heard a lot of nonsense from me and Mike, but I want I want you to come in and uh, tell tell us which one of us is crazy. How about that? So when I look at the Rockets and I look at the roster and I look at all of the expectations that we have for the future for them, for who can perform this year, if Kevin Porter Jr., if he makes a jump to All-Star, all that stuff, I think at the end of the day, we're more so falling in love with the idea of the Rockets better than the actual product of the Rockets at this point, because I mean, and I know the preseason is the preseason and it's a super wide rotation and it's just a preseason. It's not really the real example, but they have not looked great. And I don't think that's necessarily going to change because like when we were talking about Dallas, I think Dallas has that guy in Luca where you're going to be all right at the end of the day, because it's Luca. I don't think Houston really has that right now. They had it a long time with James Harden where it doesn't really matter who takes the floor with him as long as you have him. And for as great as he is, he's never been out of the first round, by the way. But totally prefacing that statement. Just I mean, saying. But I think he's also like, against the Clippers. He's gone against the Clippers twice. I think he played 
good enough to get them to the next round. I think it's just going against Kawhi and Paul George was a tough task. Um, I think they definitely should have beat them in the bubble. Um, I feel like the Clippers got a little help there from the refs, and I don't remember which game it was. It might have been game one, game two. Um, I definitely think Dallas should have beat them that first year in the bubble, but then it's just Kawhi was just an animal. Like, Luka, <laughs> he wasn't going to beat him, to be honest. And I think until Houston has that guy or that guy develops, whether it's Christian Wood or Jalen Green or Kevin Porter Jr. or some other person who might end up on the Rockets, I don't think that we can put them in over these teams who have that guy. Because it's like, if you look at Dame and the Blazers, the Blazers are not a good basketball team, but they have Damian Lillard. And he just, every he raises their ceiling. He raises their floor. I don't think that the Rockets have a, they have guys that raise their ceiling, but they there's no one really raising the floor right now. Like last year, they went 17 and 55. And if they won maybe 12 more games than that, I'd consider that a success just because of how young everybody is on the floor. And there's going to be injuries. These guys are all getting used to the NBA. Jalen Green looks, he's tiny. And I think he'll be really good, but it's just going to be a super rough adjustment. So I think playoffs, I could see them making the playoffs if our idea of the Rockets comes true, but I can't. So one, one, one quick thing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Most injured, the Rockets missed their, their rotation. They missed more games between their players than any other team in the league last year. Before everyone got hurt and before John Wall quit on the team, which different story for a different day. Um, they had won six games in a row with the rotation. Sterling Brown out for what he missed 20 plus games. Christian Wood missed games. Eric Gordon missed games. David Nawaba broke his wrist. You're now bringing back basically that outside of what Sterling Brown, you're bringing Nawaba back Christian Wood in year two with this rotation. You've got Kevin Porter jr. In a different year, you brought in Shangun. You're bringing in Garuba. Who's going to be a defensive monster for this team. Like this team is better than they were last year. No one's going to argue that. And if this team stays healthy, they are absolutely at least better than that team last year. And if they stay healthy, they're going to win 32-ish plus games. Easily. But that's not making the playoffs, Mike. No, but I'm saying say. no, but I'm saying easily. And that's what I'm saying. You see what happens with the rest of the the conference. You can't sit here and tell me, like, yes, is Dallas good? Yes, they are good. They're not definitively, oh my God, better than the Rockets. A lot of games to play this year. And a, and a brand new coach who I think is one of the most overrated coaching minds in the league and Jason Kidd. He's going to ruin that team. Trust me, just watch. And they've got Porzingis, who's not any good by NBA standards. He's decent at best by today's NBA standards. The Rockets I'll say this, are Mike. going to be up there. I hope, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Nothing would make me happier than to see this team overperform, make the playoffs, prove everyone wrong. You know, playoff basketball in, in in the H would be everything that my heart wants. I just don't see it happening in 2022. It's this hey. team needs cooking. You can't. You, this team needs some cooking, and maybe we can put them in the air fryer for this year, and maybe we can get something real quick. But I think this is going to need more of a more of a pressure cooker, like you know, put it in the broiler for a few hours and and hopefully let it come into something that can be far better than anything we've ever imagined. So I'm, I'm with you. Let's, let's uh, transition here. Ray, I'm going to let you choose whether you want to go next or you want to push it back to me and save your hot take for the end of the show. Uh, what, what are you thinking? All right. Floor is yours. Um, I could, I could go. I feel like mine isn't as hot of a take, but I'll just say it, and then I'll add explanation why. I don't think that Jalen Green will perform within top two of rookies this year. I think he'll flirt around three. And for one, I think the two guys that will outperform him are going to be Evan Mobley and then a bit of a sleeper and Scotty Barnes because I think Jalen Green's expectations are going – not expectations, but his responsibility. I think we've seen it already this preseason. is just so high. And as someone who – is still trying to get used to the size of the players in the NBA and the speed and the physicality. I think it's just going to be tough. I I don't think he'll have a bad year though. I think he'll 
speed around three or four. I think he'll um, really start to go upwards after the All-Star break when he's had a little bit more time to adjust. But I think as a team who scoring so much out of the backcourt, it is a lot for him to handle. And I think he'll be great. I just think it's going to be a bit of a slow start from him. Interesting. That's an interesting one. I th- okay, so wait, so you're going to put him – so where does K- where are you putting Kate Cunningham? You're putting Kate Cunningham behind Jalen Green, who's behind Mobley and Scotty Barnes? Yeah, because I think Kate Cunningham – I mean, it, I think three can either go to Kate or Jalen Green. I think they're both kind of in the same boat where they're going to have a lot to do. I think Kate might have it a little easier because um, I just feel like – I don't think the Pistons are a better team than the Rockets, but I think they have guys that they could lean on that – the Rockets are still trying to figure things out. Like they're not going to be able to lean on Kevin Porter Jr. because Kevin Porter Jr. is barely older than Jalen Green. And they're not going to be able to necessarily lean on Christian Wood all the time because he's still trying to develop into this franchise guy. So it's like, it's all a work in progress. And the reason why I think a guy like Evan Mobley or Scotty Barnes is going to be number one, because Evan Mobley, they're really just asking him to perf- uh, to defend and do what he does on offense. Like they're not, He's not – he doesn't need to go out there and just dominate the game at all times because he has guys like Darius Garland around him and Colin Sexton and Jetty Osmond who's going to be out there shooting threes. It's just – it's more complete. Once again, I don't think Cleveland's better than the Rockets either, but I think what Evan Mobley's being asked to do is a lot more relaxed. And then Scotty Barnes, I think the Raptors are better than – I think Scotty Barnes is in a better situation than any rookie because – they have guys like Gary Trent. They have uh, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. So he just really has to go out there and defend, fill the lanes, hit his open shots, and not turn the ball over. So that's how I kind of look at that. See, I think it's going to be a disaster in Cleveland with, uh, with Evan Mobley because they signed Jared Allen. They're the same player. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think he's going to put up the numbers in Cleveland that people think that he's going to. I think he's going to be a nice player in Cleveland. I think I think Jalen Green's winning the the rookie of the year. I don't even think it's I don't even think it's going to be close. I think the dude's going to be a twenty five a night type of guy with this team because he's going to get the shots. Who else is going to put up shots on a consistent basis for this team outside of Kevin Porter Jr.? Well, that's what I'm saying. Outside of Kevin Porter Kevin Jr. Porter. Well, like, that's the thing too is is seeing how they coexist is going to be a crucial uh, storyline for this team all year long, and we're going to be trying to figure out how those two will coexist. Will Kevin Porter be the one taking the ball up, playmaking? Who will take the playmaking lead? I think at this point, it's more likely that, that Kevin Porter will because of what we've seen so far in the, in the preseason. Now, obviously, it's just preseason. That can obviously change throughout the course of the season. But I think if, if Kevin Porter is that, then, then I think Ray's hot take could be a bit more true than we than we imagine. I think what we hope though from Jalen is he he ends up having like a Lamelo Ball type of year where he it doesn't necessarily need to be the guy with the ball in his hands at all times. Like last year, uh, you know, with the Hornets, Terry Rozier was a big part of that offense, and Lamelo was uh, also a key part of that offense, and and they were able to coexist. I think that is what the Rockets need with KP and with, with Scoot, with Jalen. And that is how they will, that's how this offense is going to work. The offense is going to run through those two guys, but it's not easy to run an offense through two guys because they need to be able to not just play well with the ball, but play well without the ball. And that is something that's going to take time to learn. Now, how much time that's, that's the question. Could it, is it going to be, you know, 10 games, or is it going to be a full season? Is it going to be two seasons? Like, we don't know how quickly it's going to go. And and I think that, Mike, I get where you're coming from with all this optimism. There's a lot of optimism in your voice tonight. There's a lot of optimism in your takes tonight. And I think that we have no, we have no reason to be pessimistic at this point. Yeah, we've seen some bad preseason games, but they're just preseason. Uh, I think what Ray and I are kind of thinking is, um, you know, we're thinking more along the lines of what we've seen in the past and trying to relate it to what we can see in the future. So I see where Ray's coming from. I don't necessarily agree. I think that Jalen Green has the most potential to be that rookie of the year, but, um, or maybe I don't agree. I don't know. 
I, now that I'm where, thinking where, about it, yeah, where actually, they, like where what they, Ray said, honestly, I, I probably agree with it. Um, where they where they are right now, they're on a beach in Hawaii with a makeshift boat. They're gonna try to. Get I was gonna to say the, they were in Toronto the other night. How'd they get to my, Hawaii that quick? Well, that's what I'm saying. They <laughs> took a jet. What they are right now is that they are on the beach in Hawaii with a makeshift boat trying to get to the island of relevancy is what they're trying to do. And if they get there, then great. If not, they turn around and they're still on a beach in Hawaii and things are still pretty. There's no expectations for this team. Like that's the greatest part of this season is that last year, everybody forgets that they only won what 17 games last year. If they weren't hurt, they would have won 30 ish plus games last year. And they would not have been nearly as bad as they were. It worked out. They got the guys that they wanted. This team, this roster is not as bad as people are making it out to be. And that's, we need some optimism in, in the, with the Rockets, you know, like we need that. Why not wish for all these guys? Alperin Shangun is the next, what, uh, Nikola Vucevic. Why not? Why the hell not? I, I don't know. It's just, to me, like, I don't think we've seen a team go from 17 wins to the yeah. playoffs. Phoenix became the worst team to the best team in three years. Literally. In three years, exactly. Well, I know, but I'm just saying that this team is farther along than that Phoenix team was after one year based on what we've seen. Preseason means nothing. It literally means nothing. What I think is, like, when it comes down to because I assume like you'll, you think the Rockets will land. That's what I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying a top eight seed. I'm saying that they'll make it into that goofy. We live in 2021 where, you know, everybody gets a participation trophy sort of thing. And they play into that 10 game, team, whatever mm -hmm. at the end of the year, that's where I think they end up. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, when you see those playing teams, I think, what the Rockets issue is going to be is they don't really have that guy that they're going to be able to lean on and truly trust at this stage, unless they just have, if they have Jalen Green or the other guys, I'm not going to keep naming all their names, but if they have one of those guys like just blow up and are out there just like serving the whole year, like all-star candidate type stuff, then yeah, I could see it. But right now I don't see that guy that they can really lean on like that because the Grizzlies, they had John Morant, the Warriors, that's pretty obvious. They had Steph. The Lakers shouldn't have even been there. Um, the Wizards were leaning on Russell Westbrook a lot during the season. And those guys are all like established players um, and guys that when they're getting leaned on, like it's no surprise because we've already seen it before. So I think that is what my concern is. So I think even if they get close when they have like, they need to win nine out of the 10 games, nine out of the next 10 games, who are they going to lean on to get those wins? We well, got Christian Wood. Does Kevin Porter Jr. take the next step? You have Jalen Green. You have Eric Gordon. You have Daniel Tice. You have, uh, you know, Augustine coming off the bench. You have these guys. Like, if they can all take that step forward, like, you're, like you and I are talking about right now, you're going to win a decent amount of games in the NBA. There's enough bad teams that you're going to play where you can get wins. You're playing the Charlottes. You're playing the uh, – the who am I thinking of the Pelicans you're playing the Thunder like you're you know they're you're playing these teams where the Rockets you know you get enough good nights this team is going to be better defensively if this all is about Jalen Green if Jalen Green is a star this team will will shine if he's not we're in trouble that's ultimately what it comes down to is the way I see it and I think all he's right. going to be a star breaking news here guys yes for the first time ever in a Harden my take slash dream take episode. I've had to kill a cockroach. This cockroach came in and like he was literally on my floor. Jer Jeremy, that's not muted. You literally cannot do that. Like I swear to God, I thought we just acquired somebody or just traded John Wall. Oh yeah, we we just acquired Kyrie Irving for uh, John Wall. <laughs> oh, oh great. Ted Cruz's <laughs> dreams are true. Come yeah, through. how weird was that? Did anybody else <laughs> see that today? Like, I'm scrolling through my timeline, and I'm like, the Astros just won. We're going to the ALCS. Why is Ted Cruz talking about the Houston Rockets? Ted Cruz is not a fan of Kevin Porter. He is not a fan of the rebuild. He is in win-now mode, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, I he can't. drank a little too much of that Astros tea, and he, he wants to win now. He, he doesn't want to accept anything else. 
except winning. Uh, I can respect that, but um, I you know, would not like Kyrie Irving on this roster, please. Uh, I don't know how y'all feel, but I'm here and ready with my popcorn for a Tillman Fertitta versus Ted Cruz Twitter battle. Like, I'm here for all of that smoke. I, I could think of about 10 bajillion things I'd rather see. Okay, well, okay, let's get to your hot take, right. Jeremy. Here's my Congrats on killing the cockroach. <laughs> I'm going to be honest here. This, is, this one's really tough. Um, I think two Rockets are going to make all rookie teams this year. In fact, I think we might actually end up at the end of the season thinking of Alperin Shangun in a higher regard than Jalen Green. Ooh. And here's and here's why. There's Ooh. there's a lot behind this. There's a lot behind this. Ooh, this um, is interesting. Well, I like this obviously, one. look, Jalen's coming in. Like Mike mentioned, he is the superstar. He is the guy that's come in to save the franchise. He is our next chosen one. He's the one we've wanted since, you know, we found out we got the second pick. That's a lot of expectations, and that's a lot of pressure, and he has a lot to live up to. And I urge Red Nation to be patient with that guy. Be patient with Jalen Green because it's not going to just click automatically. I think we're seeing that here in the, in the preseason a little bit. Um, and I don't expect next week for the lights to just completely turn on from that either. So I strongly advise Red Nation to be patient, not just with Jalen Green, but with all of the rookies, not just all of the rookies, but the entire team. Like, this team is not expected to win. I think what Vegas said, what, 25 wins? Something like that. Like, this team is not projected to be very good. Now, hopefully they're as good as Mike thinks they're going to be. But I think I think the chances of that happening are less likely than a lottery-bound season once again. So that's why I think Alperin Sengun, who might have been the best player in that Raptors preseason game he is people forget that he was the mvp of his league of one of the better leagues in europe and he's coming here already with with so much room to grow on top of that and i think he could be like like daniel tice is there for defense and i believe um i believe lachard wrote a piece on the dream shake about Alper and Shengun and him starting maybe. So go check that out on the dreamshake.com. But I don't necessarily think he's going to be starting, but I do think he will get more minutes at the five than Daniel Tice will. And to me, that means Alper and Shengun is going to have one of the top five minutes in, in the team this year. And he's going to get a lot of touches. I think he's going to be fantastic this year. I don't think – I mean, for a rookie. I think he's going to be fantastic for a rookie. I think I think Alperin Shengun has like a – like a maybe like a 10 points per game, 12 points per game with like maybe five rebounds. I think that's a very good stat line for a rookie that is going to get 25 to 28 minutes at best per game. And I think he's going to break expectations, which is why – I'm, I think Shangun could be held in a higher regard than to Jalen Green at the end of the season. We are in deep trouble if that's true. I don't necessarily uh, think I that. Will, I will say, it. I will. But that's say not that. that's no knock on Jalen Green. Like, like I don't want that. I don't want that to sound like I'm knocking on Jalen Green because I'm not. But, but that's exactly what it is, though. Like you're saying, if no, he's held in no, higher regard, no, you're putting regard, words in my mouth, Mike. Don't come, like. Okay, I'm saying, I'm saying this. I'm saying. Not, I don't mind saying Jalen Green's going to underperform. I think he's going to be on the first rookie team. I think there might be a spot for Alperin Shengun on that on that first rookie team as well because he's going. He's going to be like the shock factor kind of guy. He's going to come out of nowhere and, and really step in and be a lot better than a lot of people are expecting. I think when when we drafted Shengun, a lot of people were like, "Who is this guy?" And I think a lot of people around the league are still kind of wondering, well, who is this guy? And I think he has the ability to surprise a lot of people, especially early in the season. And it's going to benefit real nicely for the Rockets down the line. I think 
that the Rockets drafted two potential cornerstones with Green and Shingun in this draft. I think that you can build around those two. I don't think it's just Jalen Green. I think that you have the potential to use Shingun, who is trying to model his game after Nikola Jokic, the reigning MVP. If that's the kind of guy that we can get, like they were running so many plays in the in the preseason with him at the top of the key, which makes me think that they want him to be somewhat in that role. Maybe not necessarily as like a playmaker like Jokic is, but that's something that can develop over time. And to have a guy like Kevin Porter be like your, I don't know, your, your Jamal Murray, and then you have your Jalen Green who can be kind of like a playmaker, kind of like your Michael Porter. Like that's how the Nuggets are building, and the Nuggets are, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the NBA. I think that they they might have the best chances to come out the West this year. And that that might be another hot take, but that's a totally different situation, totally different you know topic. But I think that to me is like the vision of what I see this Rockets team becoming, and I do think that Shangun could be seen on that same level of. This guy, I don't think I don't think Shingun is necessarily like the fourth or fifth option on your team. I think he can be like a, a second or third option, and maybe in some strange universe, your number one option. I really do believe that. Ray, you want to give your response and then I'll give mine. Yeah, um, I think that's interesting. I think while you were talking, I was thinking, I was like, I think if Shingun developed further than we expected and like he became the better of the draft picks and Jalen Green still became good but not like you know obviously the better one I think that the Rockets would be in really good shape um just because that Jalen Green is going to be a scorer and Shingun is going to be this star do I think that he'll have a better year than Jalen Green I'd say no and I think the reason why is because I think he'll still have a really good year. Um, the way he plays, he everything feels like it's at his own pace. Like he doesn't, it doesn't really feel like he's getting sped up or flustered by bigger guys. I think obviously that's going to change a little bit when the season starts and there's going to be guys like Anthony Davis and Embiid that he's going against. But I think that's been really impressive. But um, I think with Jalen Green, the reason why we're going to hold him with such high regard is because he's going to have those explosive outings where even if he doesn't have the best rookie year or even if he doesn't have the rookie year that he's expected to have he'll still explode for get near 30 point games and that's what people are wanting him to do because he's so young so I think for him to outperform Jalen Green he'd have to have a way better season way better than like 12.5 rebounds a game I think he'd have to really like a 10 and 10 type of guy. And I think that he'll be really good in his future, but I think I keep saying, I think I have a bad habit of that, but um, I feel like it's just, it's going to be really tough for him to outperform Jalen Green because dude is explosive. He's gonna, we know Jalen Green is going to perform like there's, if he's a bust then it's just going to be because of injuries. And at that point you can't really call him a bust. And Shangun, I think there's more that needs to happen. I think, we need to see a little bit more quickness. We need to see a little bit more explosiveness, even though I just mentioned that he's comfortable at his own pace. That's going to have to eventually start to speed things up because it's not always going to be the 16-man rotations that he's going against in the preseason or these summer league type of guys that he's going against. He is going to struggle. Like, Shang- I'm high on Shangun, but not nearly as much as Jalen Green because Jalen Green's – uh, skill set immediately translates to today's NBA. I mean, he's a prototypical wing. Shangun is the, like, like what is he going to do when he goes up against, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, DeAndre Ayton? He will struggle. And the thing, but what he can do is he can, he can take them out of the paint, which is extremely helpful because he can play outside as well as inside. And I think that can free up space for Jalen Green to attack. For, for Kevin Porter to attack like that like and that doesn't necessarily contribute to stats or anything but that is the benefit of having a guy like Shengun who can be a threat on the perimeter or at least you know a playmaker like someone that can do something on the perimeter that isn't just 
you know, trapped in the paint. That is why Shangun makes sense mm-hmm. in the NBA today. And I think, I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to out, uh, I think he's going to outperform how people are expecting him to go. And the thing is, people don't really have many expectations with him. And I think that's, that's kind of the beauty of it is that he is seen as kind of like this, I don't want to say unicorn because I feel like that term is overused, but he's kind of this question mark, this, this alien that, that just came, came to earth, came to the rockets. And, you know, we get to kind of see what happens with him. And I, I don't have many expectations for Shingun. And I think that's why I came up with the take that I did because he has the ability, I think he has the ability to outperform his expectations Whereas Jalen Green has those high expectations mm-hmm. and has a lot to live up to. And with Christopher and Garuba, I just don't know if they're going to get enough playing time to really, you know, be able to prove any expectations that they have already built. But I think Shangun is going – Shangun's going to be a big surprise question. in this team. How about that? That, that might be a better wording of, of I think so. what I was saying. Because let me ask both of y'all yeah, a question. If you had a million dollars to bet on his career trajectory, would you bet on him becoming the next Jokic or the next Donatus Monteunis? See, yeah, I, would, I would bet Monteunis. You know how hard it is to look at a guy and be like, yeah, that's the next Jokic for a guy who he's shown flashes, but like he very easily could become the next I think, I think he'll have a better – look, I'll say this. Jokic. I'll say this. I think his career – I think his career will be closer to Jokic than Matiunas. And Ooh. when you when you say when you say Demo, Demo was at best a starter, a fourth fifth option. I think Shengun has the ability to be a long term starter in the NBA, and I hope it's with us because he is he is the future of the game. I really think that the way that the game is progressing, the way the league is progressing, I think Shengun is going to be like his prototype, his archetype is something that every championship team in the 2020s will have. It's big. That's a big bet, Jeremy. It's a hot take episode. So. I like it. I like it. I think the biggest issue that he'll have is um, when he's on the defensive end, I think he's going to become a product of his environment. And his environment meaning that he's going to be around guys who are not necessarily great per- perimeter defenders. So it's going to be guys like, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. And so when someone comes up and Steph Curry tries to get a switch, it's going to be tough because it's like, do you want Jalen Green or Kevin Porter going all the way up there and pressuring Curry or Dame Lillard? And obviously that's going to be ideal because you don't want Singoon out there with them. But those guys are all NBA. They're hall, they're future Hall of Famers. They're going to be able to exploit that. And I think that's going to be a huge issue. I don't think it's necessarily just – on him because the Rockets are not going to be great defensively. They have some guys with great defensive potential, but Kevin Porter and Jalen Green, obviously, we got to see a little bit more before we put them in that category. So I think he's going to, he's going to have some headaches trying to figure that out because if you have a great perimeter defender, then you can kind of relax a little bit. There's not as much concern because those guys are going to be able to communicate with you, help you along, but Jalen Green and Kevin Porter, they're barely older than him. So it's all it's going to be a mess when they have to play those elite guards. I think having a guy like Garuba on the court with him will be important so they can develop mm-hmm. that chemistry together. Same thing with a guy like David Nawaba. Like, have it, you know, they're not going to run out that lineup of all those defensive guys because that lineup wouldn't be able to score. But, like, surrounding him with as many good defensive players, like you said, is going to be just vital. I just I think the verdict is out on on Shengun. I got to see it in the regular season before I crown him with anything. Is the way I see it. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, potential. I think it's just there's going to be a lot of headaches that are going to come with such a young team, which all young teams have. It's yeah. only it's only sure. But Rocket fans, like Jeremy was saying, and like we've all been saying, just got to be patient. Like everyone's going to go crazy. <laughs> Everyone just has to remember to be patient because there are going to be times when these dudes are just flat out getting destroyed because. They can't guard a pick and roll or a pick and pop or a switch. And guys are just running dribble handoffs, all, all that stuff. And it's frustrating. But these guys are all young. I mean, some of them younger than me, and I'm only 22. So it's just – that's just the way it is. I'll say this, Mike. In order for your hot take to come true, Shangun is going to have to be good. 
Yeah, and the Rockets, the Rockets cannot afford to make like they won't be able to make the playoffs if Shengun is not good. They, oh, they I told I, they need him. I I totally agree. They well for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think he has a lot of potential, and they need as many good players on this team as possible. But the the front office has also left this team drastically undermanned on the front line, especially at the center position, like. They needed at least another big body, even with Shingun. But I told him, I'm with you. But, Ray, talking about a young team, just real quick, because I know we got some other stuff to get to. They're young, very young, but you still have guys like Christian Wood, DJ Augustine, Eric Gordon that are going to play prominent David Nawaba. Those are not young guys. Like, those are four guys as a part of your rotation who are going to help you get wins by simply being out there and being positive plus mm-hmm. players. So they're young, but they're also going to play a decent amount of NBA vets with this with the young guys. So Daniel Tice, you know, that's five. That's five guys who have legitimate NBA experience. So that's the the blessing of being a Rocket fan. Like for everyone out there that is just so excited, I think that's one of the positives is that it's not just a team full of young guys, or it's not a team full of young guys with a bunch of guys who like just are in the league, they've been in the league for a while, but they've never really played meaningful minutes. Like we've seen these guys, especially Tice, play meaningful minutes. Um, and so I think that's why they're just in such a great position. I think Houston and OKC, even though OKC has not used really any of the draft picks like that, those two teams, they're completely different, but they're both in just such perfect positions for the future. All right, let's 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 see what... The audience has to say we've got a good sized audience here on green on green room so thank you guys for coming up but if anyone would like to hit that speaker request button and drop their hot take that's what i'm curious about we'll take maybe one or two before we wrap the show up for the evening or if we don't we can we can end this early like um i've got a lot to do but um i want to i want to talk to you guys so i definitely want to hear more from you guys so if you would like to come up feel free to hit that speaker request button Come on up, drop your hot take, or if you just want to like just talk about something. But uh, I think Mike, you might know this person uh, who's coming. I got Lewis on the show, uh, so I'll let you uh, welcome him onto the stage. Uh, what do you got to say, Mike? This is a family-friendly show, Lewis Brown. So whatever you say, make sure it's appropriate for all ages. Lewis, you may want to unmute that button. Not, not on music. Okay. How's that? Is that videos. better? It's crazy. Yeah, it's much. There better. we yeah. go. What's your hot take, Jeremy uh, and Ray? It's a pleasure to meet you guys. Of course, of course. Couple of things. Let me just throw a couple of three things at you. Um, I, I look at Sangoon more as a Paul Gasol type. You know, he's that tall, gangly guy who's got a lot of smarts, who's a little thin likes to throw the elbows around and can clean up stuff around the basket. That's, that's the best that I'm hoping for Sangoon, which is not a bad comparison, you know, Paul Gasol. And yeah. the only take I want to throw out there, just things that I'm hearing is uh, if you look at the Pacers right now with Brogdon, Lavert, and Holiday all hurt, um, you know, what do y'all think about maybe giving the the phone a spin and talk to them about Gordon again and maybe seeing if you can get a Miles Turner because they're hurting in the backcourt right now. Anyway, great show as usual, guys. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Lewis. We're, Thank you. I am now going to refer to calling somebody as give the phone a spin because I have never heard that before, but it's going to happen from now on. Um. I'll tell you what, Jerry, I love Miles Turner, especially on this team. I would do that deal in about five seconds. Turner for Gordon. Well, like father, like son, the apple doesn't far, far, fall far from the tree. But Well, there's no, there's no confirmation that Lewis Brown and I are related. Okay, we don't know that. Oh, it's just, y'all just have the same last name. It's, it's possible. Uh, I mean, Ray, what are you? Very distinct looking features. Oh, thank you, Jeremy. Um, Ray, would you do that deal? Would you do Gordon for Turner? <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. Five and seconds. I wouldn't hesitate. Yeah, like if I was playing 2K <laughs> and I seen that trade pop up, okay. start laughing. All right. <laughs> Jeremy, would you do that deal? I'll say this. 
Um, I would, which is why uh, Indiana does not. Because uh-huh. Jer- because Jeremy Brenner doesn't want to do the trade. That's why they wouldn't do it. No, 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 no. I oh, okay. do want to do the trade. That that's why they shouldn't do the trade. Yeah, because we're excited. Would you would yeah. you attach a first round pick to that deal to get it done? No, I would not give up a pick to to send Eric Gordon away. I don't I don't see the point in that. Um, I think that Eric Gordon is good enough to be traded without a pick. Uh, his contract, I believe, is what for like two more years. Well, don't quote me on that yet. I'm looking he, it up for now. He's got one. He's got two more years at like 18 million each. That's a very movable contract given his given his potential production. You look at like PJ Tucker, who was able to get moved for what he was able to get moved for. Like Eric Gordon should be moved for that, if not more. Um, so here's my thing about trades. I think you gotta keep this squad together at least until Christmas, and probably probably till about February. I would like to see this team stay together as much as possible because the rookies and the young guys need as much continuity as possible. And I think that is why last year's team failed as epically as they did because there was so much turnover. There was so much uncertainty. There was so much uh, of just people flying all over the place. And we are finally at a point now where we have that continuity. Steven Silas craved that continuity. He talked about it in his media day press conference about how he's really excited that there, there's like, you know, some routine around there in Houston now. And I think that having those guys, like, obviously look, trading Eric Gordon is the smart right move for the Rockets. Trading DJ Augustine at the deadline is probably the right move for the Rockets. Same with Daniel House, same with David Nawaba. And I do think that those guys are going to get more playing time in the first part of the season because they will be flashed to be traded. Now, whether that team is Indiana, whether that team is, uh, you know, a team like New York that might be looking for some help at the deadline, uh, you look at teams like, you know, I think the Eastern Conference is going to be as, it's going to be like the Western Conference from like the, two, like the late 2000s early 2010s i think that is going to be such a jam-packed conference especially the top five or six like i was thinking about it the other day like there are maybe five or six teams in the east right now that i could see come out whereas in the west i don't think that there is like two teams like i think i think there are five teams that are in the east right now that if you put them in the west they might be the favorite to come out of the west Uh, I mean, Nets, I got five thousand. I got Celtics, five. Heat, and Sixers. I think if you throw them in the West, are the favorites to come out of the West. I put I put ten bucks on the Rockets to come out of the West at five thousand to one odds. That's so. You know what? And if that bet hits, <laughs> I'm just saying you, you can retire tomorrow. Well, I mean, it's fifty grand or the next day. Yeah, but it is what it is. That's a year. Well. My, I, I, I thought there were a few more zeros in there. What do you know? I'm not a math major. I was a, I was a journalism student. So. <laughs> I definitely made the teller laugh, though. You're, like, you're you, the you, one, really wanna, you really want to make this bet? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. You're the one hashtag light that the fuse. does the numbers better. But yeah, hashtag like the fuse. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, Lewis, in terms of trades, uh, obviously, I think that deal is great. I think that deal is great. That's why, like, the Rockets should do that in a heartbeat. <sighs> Problem is Indiana's not going to do it, which is unfortunate. But, you know, GMs are smart people. <laughs> All right. So thank, thank you, Lewis. I'm going to send you back down into our audience. And uh, before we end the show, uh, Mike, I am going to give you your, your special segment, your one-minute mic drop. So the floor is yours. Ray and I cannot interrupt, even if we want to so badly. We are both going to go on mute. So you have the floor. Your one-minute starts. Yeah, so here we are. It's almost Halloween. And somebody came at me on my timeline today talking about how Snickers bars are the greatest candy ever. It's total BS. Snickers bars are the most overrated candy I have ever heard of in my entire life. There's literally not one part of a Snickers bar that is appetizing. Like, and they, I, we had a full discussion back and forth. Oh, put it in the freezer. It's so much better. No, it's garbage. If you have to put candy into a freezer to make it better, it's crap. Like, if I go out on Halloween and I'm like, hey, here's a Snickers bar, I throw it in the garbage. If I buy an assorted bag of candy and I get a Snickers bar, I take all of the Snickers bars 
and I throw them out. They shouldn't sell them at HEB. They shouldn't sell them anywhere. Giving somebody a Snickers bar is terrible. I'm not here to tell you that you should have this or you shouldn't have this, but if you're going to willingly eat a Snickers bar when there are options out there, like a Kit Kat or a Three Musketeers bar or a Hershey's bar or a Cookies and Cream bar, you're willingly making yourself more sad by not choosing the better candy. So I end this Mike's Minute with, if you decide on this Halloween atmosphere that we are currently in to willingly eat a Snickers bar, shame on you. That is Mike's Minute for this episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take. Hashtag do away with Snickers. Hashtag Snickers sucks in any form. I could tell what you really wanted to say, but your, your dad's listening, so you can't say that. Not confirm that he is my father. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I think this is... What did you say, Ray? He said, I actually like don't like Snickers at all. My mom, I'd go... There it is. And she'd be like, um, before you stop, or before you get home, make sure you stop and grab me a Snickers. And I'd always be like, why? Like, you could get a Reese's or Why? Snickers is spreading like wildfire, Brenner. Okay. It's terrible. Thank you, Ray. We're making t-shirts. I'll say this. I'll say this. They're awful. Um, I was not a fan of Snickers growing up. I'm not the kind of guy that needs Snickers in his life, but like I was at a training the other day and it was like, oh, if you answer a question correctly or if you participate, you get candy. And I had a Snicker bar thrown at me. If if I was in y'all's position, y'all would have uh, you know, quit. Y'all would have put in your two weeks notice and said, like, do not ever contact me again. Um, but I ate the Snickers. It was it was decent. I, I, I enjoy the Snickers, but I'm not like a, oh, let me go to the, you know, get me a Snickers on your way home kind of thing. No, but um, so yeah, though, that's our Snickers takes for tonight. You got some hot takes from the Rockets. You got some hot takes for your Halloween candy. And I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the dream shake presented by the dream shake be sure to follow us on twitter at dream shake sbn and at the dream take you can also head to our website www.thedreamshake.com home of all things houston rockets on sbnation.com be sure to subscribe to the dream take podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to follow my co-pilots on twitter mr raymond lucas at at raymond lucas jr and you can follow my other co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown, at BSW Podcast underscore MB. Follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets. <laughs>